Amen. We're so God glad to have Brother Moon. He is the executive vice president of Shawnee Baptist College. He's a great friend to our church, our ministry, and he's also just a tremendous man of God. You open your heart and listen to what God has to say through this man of God today. Thank, thank you, preacher. All right. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for all the accommodations. Brother Rick's a little bit reprobate, but his wife's a nice lady. And so pray for her. She has to carry a heavy burden. He's not in here, so I wouldn't say it if he was in here. I wouldn't say it because he's not in here. I'm just teasing. I did. He was going. I, uh, I, I told him yesterday in the men's thing about how that I like the Three Stooges. I was raised on them. My wife can't stand the Three Stooges, but my youngest son and I watch them together. Not often, but occasionally. There was a time when they were coming on, and we'd go watch them. He would, or he would uh, DVR them, and I, we'd go back and sit down together and watch them. And my wife would stand in the other room and go, God help us, we're in trouble. And uh, so anyway, so Brother Wetzel had a, he's got two ties, two uh, ties that are the Three Stooges. And I walked out and didn't even wear the tie after I took it, and he gave it to me, and I laid it up there. And I forgot it. So uh, y'all forgive me if I don't have on my Three Stooges tie. But, of course, it might have been bad if I wore it anyway. He probably thought I was a stooge. But anyway, so it might have been better I didn't wear it anyway. But if you have your Bibles, please, it is great to be here. Open up to, uh, to Philippians chapter number 4. I'm going to just share a thought with you today, and I'll be brief and uh, get you right out on time as much as I can here. What a great opportunity to give. Let me say this. Now, pastor didn't pay me to say this and didn't ask me to say this. But you can't outgive God. Now, here's what some of you will do. You'll give and realize that after you gave more than you thought you could, none of your, 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 your style of living and the way you live won't change one iota because it will all be met. I've never, I hate to say this. It sounds like I'm a heathen, but every time I've ever given an offering like this, and I gave till it hurt and gave money I didn't even have. I never changed my lifestyle the way I ate. I ate the same. I bought clothes the same. I put gas in the car like I did before. Nothing changed. Why? Because God, you can't outgive God. Amen. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Shaken down, pressed together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Either that's the Bible or it's not. Same Bible says, for whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved, says that. And if you are visiting and you think all we talk about is money, it's really not all we talk about. It's just one of the things we talk about. But it bothers me that you think that's all we think about. Well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I, I should have, in your pulpit, I shouldn't have said that. But really, hey, look, come on back. And by the way, don't determine whether you're going to come back after what I say today. Come back and hear the pastor because you'll be excited when you come back and hear him. Just ignore me and then come back and hear him, all right? But uh, anyway, Philippians chapter, it is a joy to be here. What a great church this is. What an honor it is to stand behind this man's pulpit. And uh, I, I love him and thank God for him. I, I've uh, talked about him around the country and told him this is a church that God's using and some people who really love God and want to do what's right. And I've said that. I get the opportunity to travel some. And I, preacher, I'm not saying this for any other reason to tell you. I just believe in you. And I believe in this work. And I believe God's going to do something great with this place. You know, in, in spite of Brother Wetzel, I believe God's going to use it. All right? <laughs> God can overcome the, uh, the problems and the difficulties. No, Brother Wetzel's a great guy. I shouldn't have said that about him. I wish he was in here, though. I hate it. Can somebody tape that and give it to him, make sure he gets it? Anyway, after I leave tomorrow morning, <laughs> not before, or I'll be leaving tonight. But anyway, 
Would you please stand with me? I'm going to read just a few verses in God's word. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and I'll read down through verse 10. Follow along silently as I read out loud, would you please? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord's at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your quest be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. And let's pray. Holy Spirit, bless the day, I pray. Fill me with your spirit. Use me. Go up and down these aisles and touch the hearts of every person. Lord, have your way in this time. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. We live in a world that's filled with heartache and sorrow. A lot of people going through a lot of hard times. I'm not here today to be a downer. You'll see that in a few moments. But as I look out over this crowd, I can't help but think that there's not people in here in the last month or so that's lost loved ones. Maybe a mom or a dad or a child or an aunt or an uncle. There's probably people sitting here who's had a financial reversal. You've gone through some tough waters. You don't exactly know how you're going to make it financially. They talk about an offering. You don't even know if you're going to be able to put gas in your car tomorrow. You don't even know if you're going to be able to put food on the table next week. There's some probably in here this morning who are a little bit discouraged. Your work's talking about laying people off. You may be the next one in line. Life can be awful tough. Satan likes to take those times and magnify them. He likes to take those times when we're going through hardships, when we're going through difficulties, when we're going through times that are not comforting, times that are, are, are a little bit tough. And he likes to take those times and he likes to cause havoc. He likes to bring discouragement, disappointment, disillusionment, defeat, and eventually destruction. I want to tell you this morning, that we don't have to be that way. Amen. You may be going through a hard time today. And with you I emphasize, empathize. I know how it is to go through hard times. I know how it is to go through hard physical times. I know how it is to lose a loved one that you love very dearly. I know how it is to go through those things. And, and, and I'm not minimizing. Friend, they're tough. I've never gone through one that I didn't have a tough time. Last Sunday night, our pastor, Brother Dave Delaney, preached a message, a fabulous message on uh, we're going through some tough times. We've had several people, key people in church, lost their dad or their, their mom or, or somebody close to them. And, and we've gone through some other things with folks in the hospital. One lady in it, she's been in for about a month now. They don't even know what's wrong with her yet. And she's in a good hospital. And they're just having trouble. And she's very dis, dis, uh, disoriented herself. I went there and she couldn't even tell me where she lived. And I said, you live out this way. Where do you live at? And she goes, uh, um, somewhere out this way. She didn't even know. And you may be going through that. 
folks with Alzheimer's or dementia or other things where they're, they're facing some times in their life where their family is disappointed and discouraged. I want to tell you this morning, you don't have to be discouraged. In the midst of all those problems, there is a God who loves you. In the midst of all those difficulties, there is a God who wants to help you. And that God gave us a command. Let's go back to our text and look at verse number four with me. And the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And in verse 10, the apostle said this, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, greatly I rejoiced. And I want to tell you this morning, you can rejoice in the Lord. You can. Sometimes I'll find myself fussing or complaining or whining about something. And God reminds me of his scripture. Rejoice the Lord always, Ricky. And again, I say, you know that verse. What are you doing? But God didn't just say, I want you to rejoice. But in this scripture we just read, he gave us uh, some ways we can be encouraged and some ways we can come over, get over the hump and learn how to rejoice in the Lord. And if you'd follow along with me, go back down, look at verse number five. He says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. May I say this? It's great to know the Lord is at hand. Let me say that again in case you missed it. It's great to know the Lord is at hand. By the way, he's neither left you nor forgotten you. My Bible says that the Lord will never leave thee nor forsake thee. By the way, the devil will tell you, oh yeah, look at the hard time you're going through. The devil's forgotten, the, the Lord's forgotten you. No, 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 no. Ten thousand times no. The Lord has not forgotten you. The Lord hasn't forgotten you. In fact, you'll know the truth. Your name's engraved in his hand. And he hasn't forgotten you. Every time he does this, he sees the name Ricky Moon. Well, glory. I mean, he just looks down there. Lord, the Lord hadn't forgotten you. The Lord hadn't forgotten where you live. Hasn't forgotten your address. Hasn't forgotten your problems. Hasn't forgotten anything about you. He remembers the Lord is at hand. I want you to notice something. He says this. And I've got to keep my watch out here so I can see what time. So I'll get on sometime on time, all right? Y'all don't have a clock in the back. I need a clock is what I have to have. Make sure I don't go over. I don't want to. I know we got these buses to run and brother and the nurseries. Praise God. I don't want them to turn the nursery kids loose on me. I want to get out on time. Oh, brother. Thank God I don't have to work in the nursery. All right. Amen. Some of you fellows will be shouting nearly on that one. All right. But look at number one. He says, notice this. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. The first way he deals with us is this, he gives us, is prayer. Look, folks, it's not just a cliche. It's not just a statement. It's a reality. Several years ago, about eight years ago, a little over, I had a heart attack. A massive heart attack, whatever that is. I mean, I was out. I wasn't, I, wasn't, I had a little pain. I'm talking, I was gone. And I'm not a liar. I've got people that can prove this. I can prove it to you. They shocked me 18 times to bring me back. Not eight times, 18 times. It's a miracle I'm here. It did, it, they say when you've done it that many times that they don't shock that many times because by that time your brain, your heart's quit, bleed, quit pumping blood and your brain hadn't got enough blood and it really affects you. You'll probably just be a vegetable or it'll affect you. But really, look at me. It, it hadn't affected me. No, it hadn't affected me. I'm in the hospital. A nurse, intensive care comes in and she says, well, now, Mr. Moon, 
You know, usually when somebody hadn't been shocked like that, it has a major effect on them. But it seemingly hasn't affected your mind. And I said, no, ma'am, it wouldn't affect me anyway. And she said, why? And I said, you got to have a mind before it can be affected. <laughs> you can't be affected if you ain't got one. And so, that's <laughs> just what I told him. But the truth is, it's a miracle. And I praise God for that miracle. But can I tell you something? After I woke up, I didn't know I'd had a heart attack. And Sheila said, Ricky, you've had a massive heart attack. And I said, what? I, I just pulled some muscles in my chest. She goes, no, no, no. You had a massive heart attack. And they say, and here's what discouraged me, preacher. And they say, you'll not be able to do what you've always done. You've got to change your lifestyle. I don't mean from living for the devil to living for Christ. I mean quit preaching. Now, she didn't say that, but that's the way I took it. I got so low, I was down there where the, where the whale spit is. I mean, I was low. I was so discouraged in that hospital that I was like, God, I, I don't get it, God. I really don't get it. I really want to serve you. I'm not asking you to make me a millionaire. But God, I'm discouraged. I'm so low I can't even touch bottom. And I need help. In that hospital room in intensive care, the Jewish hospital in Louisville, Kentucky, I just poured my heart out to God. said, God, I don't know which way to turn. I know I'm not worthy. I sure enjoy preaching. I sure would love to keep doing this. Would you somehow make it happen again? Don't take it away from me. And all that, I hate to admit this, years ago, when I was a young man, they said, get out of Social Security. It won't be there when you get ready for it anyway. And just put money aside. Well, I got out of Social Security, but you know how it is. Let's just be honest. I hand to mouth, week to week. And I said, Lord, how am I going to provide for my family? I have no other occupation. And if I'm this handicapped, I can't do manual labor. What am I going to do? God, it's all, all I got you. You got to do something. I can't explain it, preacher. But if you'll read that verse below, it says, well, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your quest be made known unto God. And the next verse says this. If you'll notice what he says, it says, and the, God of, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't explain it, but I can tell you this. The peace of God showed up. And he, he just gave me that assurance. And may I say, ever since that day, I've been living in his assurance. I'm telling you, don't get discouraged. Here's, here's what you've got to do. You've got to get a hold of God and pray. And when you pray and seek God's face, that peace of God will show up on the scene. And make a difference in your life. Number two, I said prayer. How do we rejoice during these difficult times when the world's filled with heartache and sorrow and disillusionment and, and disappointment and discouragement and defeat? How do we have a little rejoicing life? How can we be happy in Jesus? By prayer. Number two. Look what he says in verse eight. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, and praise God, there is. If there be any praise, hallelujah, there is. Think on these things. Number one, prayer. Number two, stop and do a little pondering. 
if I might say, meditating. Brother, let me tell you what will get you excited. When you stop and just think, we've lost the art to think. Nobody thinks anymore. We just act and react. That's what gets us in trouble. The video games and the TV does all of our thinking for us. We don't do much thinking. The truth is, there's a lot we ought to think about. You don't know what to think about? Let me tell you what to think about. And this is why I, can re- I should rejoice. Look at verse 1. Therefore, my breath, dearly beloved, and long for my joy, my crown. Verse, chapter 4, verse 1. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And this even gets better. Verse number 3. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in this gospel and clements also with the others, my fellow laborers. Notice this last statement. Whose names are in the book of life. Can I tell you how I can rejoice? I can rejoice because Christ is my salvation. Let me say it again because some of you didn't get that. Christ is my salvation. You look at an old boy that was going to hell, going to split hell wide open. But on November 10th, 1974, as an 18-year-old young man, I walked the aisle of a little church, came down the center aisle, took the preacher by the hand, and got on my knees, and I got born again. I got saved from the sole of my feet to the crown of my head. I got saved. And brother, one of the problems we got is we don't stop and think about how wonderful it is just to be saved. Ah, you're just trying to stir us up. I'm trying to stir you up to get excited about how good it is to be saved. You wouldn't be all discouraged. Hey, look, sit in your pants dragging your tracks out because you're discouraged. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it, God. Did God die? Yes or no? No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. And may I say to you, I am saved. You say, well, I don't know if you ought to rejoice so much in that, Brother Moon. Well, then don't. But don't put your cold blanket on my salvation and my excitement. Take your Bibles, and I want you to see this. I'd normally say don't turn there, but I want you to turn there. Amen. Luke chapter 10. Take your Bible. If you have the Word of God, will you say amen? Amen. Now turn there, if you would, in that Word of God you got to have. And boy, this is exciting to me. I get so excited I can't hardly stand myself. And anyway, and um, I'm like Brother Joyce was yesterday. It's coming on. Anyway. Luke chapter 10, look at verse 17. Now this will crank your motor if you got a motor to crank. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Oh, well, glory. Brother, if you sent me out and I had, devil, zap. Ha <laughs> ha. Pretty good, huh? Boy, I'm telling you what, they came back and they were excited. You, why were they? They were rejoicing. Why? They had power over the devils. Some of us don't even have power over our own tongue, let alone over the devil. Well, don't park there, Brother Moon. Don't preach there. No way. Find another area. Don't plow that road one more time. And they went out and they had power over the demons. By the way, if you still think there's no demons and no devil, you got a problem, sir, ma'am. Because he's real. And he's real enemy. And he's really attacking. Look around you and all the people are falling by the wayside and you'll know it's happening. Just look up and down your pews at the people that used to be here are no longer here. Why? Because the devil got them. That's why. They listened to Satan and got discouraged and despondent and, and quit. And sometimes we were the one that 
helped initiate it with our attitude and our actions and our speech. They came back and they were excited, preacher. <laughs> One of them come back and said, boy, did you see what I did to that demon? I said, get out of there. And the demon jumped up and ran. They were rejoicing. And he said unto him, I beheld Satan as a lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and power over the enemies, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, 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 in this rejoice not. He said, don't get excited about that, that the spirits are subject unto you. He said, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Brother, that's a command. I'll tell you why I get excited. Because my name's written in heaven. Christ is my salvation. It's time we got back to getting excited about being saved. I remember when I was a young man, people got excited about salvation. Now they go, you say, mm. I, I couldn't understand. You say, mm. you excited about it? Mm. Well, don't let it flow all over your face, buddy. Look like he's been sucking on a, on, a, on a dill pickle and he says, I'm excited. No, you're not. Let your favorite team score a touchdown and win a big game. And you go, well, well, some of you older folks, bless your heart, I'm getting old. And you, don't, you can get mad at me if you want to. But the truth is, you used to get excited about being saved. Now you sit there like a, uh, like a bump on a log. Never say amen. Never do it. You just sit there. In God's dear name, get excited. You're saved. You get excited your team won a championship. I know guys that get up and get dressed and put on all the paraphernalia. I mean, they'll sit in front of the TV with all the Ohio State paraphernalia on watching the Buckeyes play. I would say put on the Indiana stuff, but they got beat yesterday, so I guess I won't put that on. <laughs> and my favorite team's Tennessee. Well, we won't even go there. If you do it's on a vacation not to watch the team play. The good part about them is this. If you buy their stuff and never get put in jail, you can, you can support them and be working on the side on the crew that picks up stuff at the same time with your orange outfits on. You get double use out of your clothing. I'm not excited because my team won. I'm excited because I'm saved. And by the way, once your name gets written down in the book of life, it never gets taken out. That's what the devil may take your health. He took Job's. He may take your family. He took Job's. He may take your influence. He took Job's. But he can't take your salvation. That's why I can rejoice. Because I'm saved. Amen. Save, save, save. My sins are all forgiven. Christ is mine. I'm on my way to heaven. Once a guilty sinner lost undone. Now a child of God saved through his son. Think about being saved. How about this one? Let me, I don't even know where I'm at, but we'll get somewhere, all right? Wherever, we don't, I don't know where we'll end up, but we'll, we'll stop the, we'll, we'll land the plane somewhere eventually. Why well, I can rejoice then. My pondering, my prayer, this is how to do it, prayer and pondering. Think, think about your salvation. How about this one? Chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Not only is my salvation, bless God, he's my strength. When I'm weak, he, he makes me strong. 
He is my strength. Friend, if you're struggling for strength, go to God. I can't get up and go on. Go to God. Get on your knees and beg God. Oh God, I need your strength. Oh God, I need you. He's not only my salvation, he's my strength. I gotta hurry for a second time, because let me move on. Number three, look at this. He's not only my, my salvation, my strength, but watch this. Verse 19, but my God will glory. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not only is he my strength and my salvation, he's my supply. You got something you need? God's who you go to. After all, he is my heavenly father. He said, you have not because ye ask not. Say, well, I just don't have all I need. That's not your, that's not God's fault. That's yours. If I had all the money in the world and my son came to me and said, and, and he needed something and I wasn't willing to buy it for him, I'd be a dud, wouldn't I? Hello, I'd be a dud, wouldn't I? Are you going to call God a dud? Because he has, uh, he has opportunity and availability of anything you need. You just got to come to him and ask for it. You have not because you ask not. You ask to miss that you may consume it upon your lust. Maybe you're asking for the wrong thing. Boy, isn't it great to know he's our supply. But my God shall supply all. All my need. According to his riches and glory. Brother, if you're talking about his riches and glory, we're not talking about tapping into Fort Knox you talked about today. I go by Fort Knox quite often. It's pretty fortified. I don't know how much gold they got there. There's a lot of talk one way or another. But I know this. It don't matter how much they got there. It, it's, not even a, it's not even like a sand on the seashore compared to the riches and glory. I said it's not even a sand on the seashore. One little sand grain of sand on the seashore compared to God's riches and glory. And my Bible says according to his riches, the riches of Christ Jesus. By the way, in case you're wondering, he just created the universe and he spoke it into existence. And you're telling me he can't supply our needs? Wow! Oh, ye of little faith. Prayer, pondering, and number three, and I'll be done. Those things, verse four, 9, which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. Little simple, little two-letter word, do. Then you're going to have to get busy participating. You know when you get excited is when you get busy doing something. <laughs> Look, is this interesting? In verse 3, in verse 9, 8, you have meditation. He meditates. And then you have in verse number 9, observation, the things you both learned and received and heard and seen in me, Paul says, do application, applying it to your life, going out and put it into practice. And when that happens, you know what happens? When you pray, the peace of God shows up. But when you do what God says to do, I like this part, the God of peace shows up. Well, it's in the Bible. You either believe it or you don't. Let me read it again. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You know why I can rejoice? Because the God of peace is with me. I can rejoice because of my salvation. He's my strength. He's my supply. And blessed be God, He goes with me everywhere I go. Amen. Do you know that the Holy Spirit's as much God as God's God? Do you know the Holy Spirit's as much God as Christ is God? They're all three God. They all three created the universe. 
And that Spirit of God lives and resides inside every born-again, blood-washed child of the King. He's with you to teach you, to guide you, to comfort you, to help you. Man, what a deal. What a deal. God in me. All the time. No reason for me to go around discouraged. No reason for me to go around disillusioned. No reason for me to go around complaining, griping, whining. Just trust Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Sing it with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. May I say to you this morning, you don't have to be discouraged. Hard times come. You weep, you cry, but then you go to God and say, Dear God, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Though the stars around me are falling, I need you. My life is in shambles. I need you. I can't even see the bottom. I'm so low, Lord. I need you. Lord, if you don't show up on the spot, I won't make it. I got to have you. And God says, been waiting for the invitation. Been waiting for the invitation. I'm a-coming. Right around Christmas, I heard on the radio, and I don't even know what radio station it was. It was not the one some of you listen to, because I don't listen to rock music. (laughs) But it was one of the stations, and they were talking. And it was talking about a group of people that, and I I forgot what the the people were, but they deliver gifts at Christmas time. And this one guy was supposed to deliver some gifts. And he got so busy that there was not enough help and he couldn't get them all delivered. And he felt bad. And on the day after Christmas, he said to his wife, I'm going to go deliver his gifts. And she said, well, they're probably already done now. They won't expect you to come. He said, but we got gifts that weren't given out. I'm just going to go take those addresses I was given and deliver them. He took the gifts. He went to make his delivery. And he knocked, and he he felt kind of goofy. It's after Christmas, I'm delivering gifts. I kind of feel awkward. But he thought, I just need to do it anyway. And he knocked on the first door. And a little boy came to the door. And he said, your mommy at home? And he began to explain to him why he came. He said, I apologize. I just couldn't get here before Christmas. I'm so sorry. And the the woman looked at him and said, Sir, we're glad you came. And the little boy said to the mommy, I knew he would come. I knew he would come. 
All day he waited, but he said, I knew you would come. And I say to you, Jesus is waiting, and he'll come if you'll believe him. You say, well, it's past time, and I can't. No, 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 no. The little boy went past Christmas, but he said, he's still coming. He's still coming. I heard that story, preacher, and I started crying in the car. My father hadn't forgotten me. And that's what he said. I knew you'd come. I knew you would not forget me. I knew you wouldn't forget me. You got a father who hasn't forgotten you. Say, Brother Moon, I'm, uh-huh, I'm, I'm, I'm burdened this morning. My heart's breaking. You got a father who hadn't forgotten you. You got a father who hadn't forgotten you. He's called God the Father. Abba, Father, Heavenly Papa. And you know what he wants you to do? Make your way to the nearest aisle down the front and just pour your heart out to him if you're carrying a burden. Casting all your cares on him for he careth for you. Rejoice in the Lord. How do you do it? You come to Jesus. If you're here today and you're not saved, friend, you're going to go through some hardships. But this is just a, just a, it's not even starting to be a hardship compared to what hell's going to be like. But you can avoid all that. Make your way to the nearest aisle just a few moments when we give the invitation and come. There'll be a person take the Bible and show you from God's word how you can have that salvation in your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We can do it just like that. Would you come this morning? If you're carrying a heavy burden, would you come? You're not saved, would you come? You know someone else that you need to pray, would you come? Our heads are bowed and eyes closed. Stand to your feet, please. Stand to your feet, Pastor. Pianist will begin to play in just a moment. God's spoken your heart. Many are moving. Would you move? Would you come? You're not saved. Look, we're not here to make fun of you. Friend, we've been where you're at. We want you to get saved as much as we want anything in the world. All that offering and stuff like that they're talking about, it's not just for a building. It's It's a tool to use to reach people with the precious gospel. That's all it is. The building's just a building. But the people's what it's all about. You're what it's all about. You're what it's all about. Would you come this morning to Christ? Let him save you if you're not saved. If you're burdened or your heart's breaking this morning, or you're coming for someone, would you come? Find your place in this old-fashioned altar and just pour your heart out to God and say, Dear God, I need you. I need you. That's all I can do. I can't answer your questions. I don't have the answers. Christ has the answers. You come to me, I can't help you. You come to Christ, he can solve every problem. He can solve the problem. He can help put back the broken pieces. He can help repair the, the damage that's been done. He may not be able to put it, it. It may look like it's been glued back together, but praise God, he can glue it back. Christ can do it if you come to Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. It's not in your problems are you necessarily rejoicing. Not in, I'm not rejoicing that I lost a loved one. I'm rejoicing that loved one's in heaven. And I'm rejoicing that I'm going to heaven one day to meet them. Rejoice in the Lord. It's in the Lord you do your rejoicing. Because he never disappoints you. He never discourages you. He never lets you down. Pastor.
maybe you need someone to pray with you today. You grab that neighbor beside you and just say, will you go up and pray with me? I just need someone to pray with me about something. Maybe it's not something super personal, but it's just a need in your life. And it would be helpful for a brother or sister in Christ to pray with you. You're lost without Jesus Christ. If you die today, you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven. I wouldn't leave here without knowing. I would settle that without a doubt. You don't have to wonder and you don't have to guess. That's one thing that you can settle. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. You don't have to wait. Someone says, well, I've got to get a few things straightened out first. I've got to get a few things in my life worked out. No, let God work those out. You just come to him by faith, believing that he'll forgive you and save you. He died for you. He was buried. He rose again the third day so that you could be saved. You just have to trust that what he did on Calvary and the blood he shed and his resurrection are powerful enough to forgive your sins, save you, and take you to heaven, and he'll do it. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. The power's already there. You just have to accept, allow him to work in your life. What burden is there on your heart today, in your life today? Make it God's burden today. Just hand it over to Him. Picture yourself with a box that says problems. And just take it and hand it over to Jesus Christ and say, they're too heavy for me to carry anymore. I'm going to hand them to you. And then let the Lord Jesus Christ carry the burden, bear the burden. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. His burdens in life can be extremely heavy. Here they are, Lord. I can't bear them myself. I can't take it anymore. I'm just going to hand them to you. We talk about placing our burdens at the foot of the cross, but in reality, we put them in the hands of Jesus. Maybe you have a another church member that you know is going through a hard time and you know that praying with them might be a help and a blessing to them. Why don't you maybe, maybe you just stop by and say, hey, would you be willing to go forward? Let's pray together about that. Let's take your burden to Jesus today. Would you let me do that for you? You'd be surprised. If you're like me, as private as I am about things, I still appreciate when people recognize needs and are willing to pray for me. Pray with me even more so. Not talk about me, not gossip about me, but pray with me about it. They don't talk to other people about me, they talk to me about me. 
and they want God to do something in my life. I appreciate that. Brother Moon left his watch up here on the pulpit and the seconds just tick by, minute by minute, time is fleeing. And you know what? Every minute you hold on to that problem is one minute you had to hold on too long. You don't have to. You can give it to him. So he says, yeah, but when I get up, I'll just pick it back up and take it with me. Well, that's your prerogative. You don't have to, though. I'm not saying it's not a problem you're going to have to face or deal with, but you'll have him carrying the burden now. Let him lift the burden, carry the weight. The God of peace will be with you. Isn't that wonderful truth? I never noticed that. I've always recognized the peace, but I don't know that I realized the peacemaker will be there with me. That was really good. left plenty of time. We're right on time right now. We're going to dismiss in just a moment, but we want to give folks opportunity to make right and have opportunity to just meet with Christ. As we prepare to go, let me just give you a couple things, and we're going to close in a word of prayer. God's been moving, as we said already. I want you to pray about a couple things as we head into next week. Pray about our buildings. Two, pray about Verizon who's approached us about putting up a tower on our property as well. Just pray. God's starting to do some things. Just pray that God will continue to work and move in this transition that we're working through. We have some burdens at Community Baptist Temple, don't we, about this building. Let's put them in God's hands, okay? Let's just hand that over to Him and let Him carry the burden.